practices that people aspire to create. History will prove one of us correct. Wait, 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 wait. You're not letting me finish, bro. This is how you become bulletproof. Bulletproof. All right, everybody. We're doing podcast number two with Mitchell Baldridge. And today we're focused, kind of like we spoke on the last pod, Mitchell, I wanted to kind of break off into something because, um, and talk about cost segregation and why it's applicable to dentists. Because I got to tell you, even, even be, with our master, we were with our mastermind this past weekend. Um, there was 28 dentists in a room, very sophisticated, um, or sophisticated operators. And, you know, and I was having conversations with them about their building or, or wanting to buy a building. And none of them really knew about this, this, this tax advantage situation called cost segregation. And you being the expert in the field, I wanted to bring you on and kind of expand on why it's a good idea that dentists consider doing a cost segregation if they own a building or thinking about owning a building. Um, before, I, before I kind of put you on the stage here, Craig, do you have anything more to add to that? from a contextual yeah, just, situation. Yeah, I appreciate this um, conversation. I'm thankful that Mitchell, you took the time and I'm really proud that we're doing this because uh, the name sounds like boring as hell. And there's probably a lot of people that are like, this is not applicable to me or I'm not going to listen to this. And I'm just encouraging you to get through the initial portion of this because this tool is a massive opportunity for you to keep a percentage of your largest expense in your life which is not your child's education or your alimony or your cars. It is taxes. If you're doing it really, if you're living in a state that's very favorable, it's still 35, 38%. Every dollar you can save is the best investment ever. There's no return at anywhere. We can get 37% on a dollar. So please pay attention. Please pay attention because if we can help a handful of you through this message, save money, legally save money. This is not like some sort of like Trump loophole. That right. may, this is like an actual tax code thing. This is not experimental or pushing the envelope. This is a way for sophisticated people that own a property or are thinking about doing that to save tons of money. So please sit up in your chairs and listen to our friend Mitchell here. So Mitchell, let's let's start at the basics, the basic ass thirty thousand foot view. Um, explain to us kind of what a cost segregation engineering study is. Well, guys, uh, thank you for having me back on. We had a blast Thanks, last time. Yeah, uh, this this will be good. I, I've been studying, by the way, um, more dental terminology that I'm going to throw in. At oh, any nice. Time, so be You'll ready. Be a cost identist. Huh? Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. That was that was great last time, but um. <laughs> yeah, so really at, at, at a at its most kind of like basic view look it, you have you know dentists aren't going to be able to um call in from home you can't remote work you you kind of have to be on site and doing the job and you have to have kind of in the office culture for the mm -hmm. most part correct and so this is not a flighty um going to go away expense in your business, it's going to be a substantial expense of either rent or um, property ownership to operate your business out of a central location. So uh, that's just a, a practical part of being a dentist. So, uh, you know, setting the table, you can rent and you can quote, throw money away. Well, you know, rent buys you a lot of things. It buys you optionality. It buys you, you know, the, the ability to 
maybe maybe save money, maybe um, kind of understand a, a lot of things or, or grow quicker. But ultimately, dentists are high income earning folks who who you know once they get done paying loans and once they get kind of their practice set up and and moving the right direction, they have excess cash flow. They want to go invest. And a building is a great place to invest if you need a building anyway, and you know you can find something great and values go up. So, zooming out, when you buy this building, you're gonna plunk down a big amount of money. You're gonna probably go take out a loan, and you're not gonna get you don't write off that building day one. It's not like a stapler, you know, it's not like buying a bunch of, uh, gloves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you just, you don't even think about you write a check. I mean, you're going to go to the title company. You're going to have the loan documents. It's going to be this convoluted transaction and you're, you're going to put in some chunk of equity and what a cost segregation study does in its simplest form is takes that building that you just purchased and kind of blows it into like imagine in, in your mind's eye one of those like blueprint diagrams with with every component of the building in that exploded view. Well, mm-hmm. well, we do that retroactively and we assign a tax life to every single component of that building. And then the, the end goal is to push forward a lot of the tax deductions into year one and into the first, you know, five, seven years of building ownership rather than in its kind of normal function, the cost recovery of that building being 39 years. If you just do nothing and you place a building into service, the government is going to, you know, and the tax code is going to say, okay, we'll divide that building cost. Let's say it's a million dollars by 39 and you can deduct, you know, $25,000 a year for the next 39 years. What mm-hmm. a cost segregation study does is says, well, no, that's not a 39 year building. It's a 39 year shell full of five, seven, 15 and 39 year property. And so it, it allows you to very much push forward the cost recovery of, of this investment. So you accelerate the depreciation into from, yes. Into yeah, and the year time. one. Right. So well, the, the, can the, I dumb it down one other layer? Let's go. You pay significantly less tax. You keep more money year one. Like yes. the, the tax implications of the of the uh, long winded aspect are just unbelievable. And I want to. I just want to take one second too and point out how dentists that I've worked with are sometimes so averse to owning real estate. Um, my buddy Michael, one of my really? besties. Yeah, they really are. My, my buddy, Michael, you know, who, you know, owns tons of uh, strip centers. He owns like, I think a million square feet. I once had a conversation with a masterminder that said, that started like this. Hey, um, uh, before you lease the rest of the building you're in, cause he was in a 2000 square feet of a 10,000 square foot building. And before you sign the lease for the 8,000 square feet of the 10,000 square foot building for the next 15 years with two, five year options, why don't you consider buying it? He went and talked to his wife and his wife says, well, I don't really think I want to make that commitment. And I said, it was crass, but I said, well, you actually bought the building, but with your rent, you just don't own it when you're done. Um, and my buddy, Michael's like, do me a favor, Craig, don't, don't tell dentists this. 
<laughs> do, do me a favor. Don't don't actually tell people this that that can afford to buy buildings because that's how I make my money. And I thought I was like laughing, and he wasn't joking because it's like people think like I don't want to make the commitment to buying the building. I'm a commercial landlord. There's personal guarantees on these real estates. You are committing to your lease. If you want to get out of your lease, you are responsible for your lease. You'll have to buy it out. So I know you said there's optionality in renting, but if you're signing a 15, 20 year lease, there's not very much optionality over no, 20 sir, years. There's not. So I'm, and by the yeah. time you're done, look, I mean, there's a large amount of interior buildup that has to happen to perform oh, yeah. the services of dentistry, right? The plumbing and the concrete and, you know, just the equipment and the setup and chairs are there. And so it's like, once you're kind of in, you're kind of in, unless you are, are, building another building down the street and moving your location. I, these are the stories that I hear. This or using not, that one as yeah. your first. It's, it's not like, hey, we're a law firm. Let's pop up a phone and go to work, right? And then yeah, just this move down the street a, when we're done. A pop-up like retail dress shop that's in. Yeah. Or this isn't yeah. the, the uh, Halloween. Uh, the Halloween. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 the spirit store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah your, your friend. Spray paint like, everything black and roll. I, I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to get married. So we just uh, signed a mortgage together and had kids. That's the of, and yeah, I mean, so that is why, you know, why cost seg for Dennis is, yeah, you're talking about these 15, 20 year leases. Like I, I run an accounting firm. When I go talk to landlords about signing a lease, they're talking about three years. Cause I I'm going, look, yeah, you have to move the break room a little bit, but that break room needs to be moved anyway. Like it, they're conforming a space to, to a much broader prospect of future tenants than a, a dentist office. Specializing it. Right. So therefore yeah. the, the, the term has to be much longer because sure. unless they were going to give you 10, 15 years, the, the leasehold improvement that yeah. they give you to say, Hey, we'll give you this much money to build out your space. They wouldn't do that to you because you're signing three years. Yeah. But kind of once they turn into dental, it's kind of almost like, Dental in perpetuity, in my opinion. Yeah, that's great. They're they're amortizing the tenant improvements over the life life of the lease, and, and in order for it to be affordable, it, it has to be a long time. So, then yeah, so particularly why Dennis? Yeah, you have this super super specialized space that by the time you've retrofitted it or or kitted it out to hold your practice beyond even the structure you are investing hundreds of thousands millions of dollars uh, to to really make this thing perform the way you want it to perform and then you know your clients want to even perform to this next higher level of excellence which which requires even more investment <laughs> that that is hard to move around right yep so that is by the time you're done with all of that investment into the building there's a good argument that you just might want to own the building. Right. I'm going to put a little specialized investment is really another layer too, by the yeah. way, the, the plumbing, the med gases, the, you know, you don't, I was talking to Peter just the other day, like, you know, about raising his floor of his new building just because I've heard, you know, it, it, to trim lines. Like, I'm sorry. It's like yeah, a the old server because, farms, you know, of, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the cords and such going over. Well, look, Dental cost segregation. I'm glad that I learned about it. Um, or I'm, I'm sorry, cost segregation. I'm glad that I learned about it a long time ago, right? Because I think it's been very accretive to, um, to my net worth, 
right? And in, in, in order to, like Craig saying, keep stuff. So meaning I will close on a building and the first call I will make is to get a cost like Mitchell, right? Yeah. And, and because it's that exciting, meaning you're getting rewarded for the risk that you're taking and saying, cool, you took this investment risk, you know, now do the cost segregation study to break down your investment and be able to write that off. So it's literally like I, I make that call almost from the closing table to set up the study to, to happen. Now it applies both to people who have bought a building, Mitchell, right? And they have retrofitted the building, right? For yep. instance, I bought, a, I bought a restaurant once and converted it to dentistry. Um, and it also applies obviously to stand up construction, um, sure. sorry, standalone or, or, or ground new up. construction. ground up. Thank you, Greg. Um, so, um, yeah, anything, anything to add on that? There are, are there any other parameters in which it would apply? Yeah. So in 2017, the tax cuts jobs act was passed and it, it kind of made, you know, cost segregation and bonus depreciation has been around forever, but mm -hmm. they, they supercharged the whole thing. Like, like you had mentioned, Peter, like before 2017, you could not cost segregate and bonus depreciate used property it was only new property meaning yes. ground up construction so now you can take a 30 year old medical building and yeah you're going to spruce it up or somebody could build to suit your whole building you could buy it perfectly built up and although it's a used building you can cost segregate the whole thing and, and run that bonus depreciation cycle mitchell so, let me ask you before you go yeah. on. if a dentist listening to this here's this message and it's like well shit i own my building and yep. i bought it a while ago well i don't know i've never done a cost seg as a matter of fact my cpa never told me about it which is hence like why you'd want to use someone specialized for this right if someone is an engineering sure. does this message apply because because actually that was the conversation i had this weekend was that yeah. people owned their building and had never heard of this and i was like wow what a great opportunity potentially yeah. So, uh, you know, they put the law on the floor of Congress sometime in like uh, September of 2017. So these buildings that are bought, you know, October 1st, 2017 and forward are eligible for th this process. And then uh, you have the option to either go back into that tax year and amend the tax year so long wow. as it hasn't been a closed tax period, or you can in the current year, meaning at this point, when you file your 2023 taxes next year, file what, what's called a 3115 application for change in accounting method. So you can just kind of catch up all the depreciation that you took wow. versus what you would have been eligible for if, if you did it the right way the first time. Can I ask yeah, you so a it's not a missed question? opportunity, right? I mean, yeah, if there's I, a six-year look back on this, if someone's listening to this saying, well, shit, I bought a building in 2017. Not maybe. too late. Not too okay, but what about 2015, just so I understand? Yeah, so it, it becomes more complex in 2015, and it becomes case by case where, look, if you built a big new building in 2015, there may be some bonus eligibility that you passed on. But the problem when you go to 15 is that now it's been eight years, so you've probably already chewed up a lot of the five, seven, and mm -hmm. you know, even a yes, lot of the 15-year yes, yes. straight line. I mean, if you never had a cost segregation at all, and it's just one divided by 39, and it's a pretty big property, it might be worth getting looked at, uh, you know, because all this does in principle is, it, it, this is tax jargon mumbo jumbo, but like 
you're creating a deferred tax liability. You're taking tomorrow's deduction today. today. So we're not, um, this isn't alchemy. We're not creating, you know, <laughs> gold out of water or whatever, but we are taking deductions that would be given to you a long, long time from now and pulling them all back into debt to today, which happens to be the same time period where you're, you know, taking a bunch of cash into a title company and buying a building. So you, you want that deduction today. It's really, really valuable for you. And you, you know, you get the, um, the whole, you know, use of your money over time. The time value money. Yeah. I mean, like the fact is if you can defer the deduct, uh, defer the tax liability, you're getting yep. essentially an interest-free loan from the government from Sam. and there's yeah, other yeah. things that we can not to confuse the listener but then there's 1031s and there's there's people that actually use real estate as a never-ending deferment strategy mm -hmm. and uh you know ultimately when you when you die you step up basis today so then it, it just kind of passes through your estate to your heirs and, and never gets yeah screw them let them deal with it all right <laughs> bingo i'm saying bingo you know no, listen i to... fed and clothed you kids you deal with this crap no, they get to sell your stepped up basis asset for for fair market value and go you know go party or whatever they're going to party do. yeah um so the the reason why we're talking about dennis buildings is because that's really like the big unlock that all dentists can use mm -hmm. is, is they have this space so like Real estate professionals can go do this with apartment buildings or go write syndication checks and all that. But the the depreciation is not as accessible. But when you're depreciating a business asset like a, you know, x-ray machine, basically your building is just a huge x-ray machine that the IRS sees. And there you go. It's right. not a real estate investment. It's not a passive real estate you know, rental flow investment. It is a part of your business. I like that like any other piece of equipment. That makes sense. I'm sure that's going to resonate with a lot of dentists, right? Because we all know buying the Serac machine or that's a milling machine, Mitchell. I know. I know oh, you. Mitchell, you I just know. bought one. He bought no, one because you've been studying now, right? Do, do not yeah. patronize me. <laughs> yeah, that was really a low blow. He was before you jumped on. Peter's <laughs> like, do, do you like the Prime Scan or the. And I was really intricate. He said the five axis. I didn't even know what yes. that meant. I had to yes. outsource. Uh, Mitch, we'll take that offline. Oh, yeah, Zirconia versus we'll, we'll edit that yeah. out, Mitch. Yeah, my, my, uh, my just, you know, my being He's rude. a big Emacs fan. Who would have thought? Flexural. I, flexural I could have been a dentist. Okay. You want, You will be by the end of this. I will. Yeah, I, I like those little toothpicks. Uh, do y'all recommend? Uh, while the I have y'all here. The plackers? Yeah, yeah. The, the little... Uh, I, you know, my hygienist is not wild about them, but I I like them, especially if you get the twin line there, Mitchell. The okay, twin line. Good. But I'll I'll rebuy with the twin Sounds line. Like a sponsored podcast here. I Peter, drive there, are you drifting? Peter, are you drifting? <laughs> I'm not drifting. He's a grifter. He's got a plaque <laughs> shirt on the back. They talk about you know the the uh, all in podcast, Mitchell. I don't know if you listen to that, but they, yeah. they use that word the grift grifting a lot uh, with is... just like you know what's it Laura Piani stuff. Uh, yeah. Peter's yeah, gonna no. come with like a placard T-shirt next time. Like <laughs> he's getting swag, and I got this nothing. Message. I'm just gonna come with one stuck in my mouth. And yeah, just, a twin line, they, just twin with two line. lines. <laughs> it does sound like a griff, Peter. I'm gonna let's. Look, I need to talk to you now. Hey, after. he walk. He he asked me about it. It's not a griff. Okay. I don't even I have a twin line. Anyway, what the hell? I'm Mitchell. that. Oh no. Go ahead. 
we broke the pod. Did, um, it, did we? Oh, look at that! He froze. He is he definitely. Froze. You know, he's he did that on purpose. He's <laughs> going to try to edit that whole thing out. Go ahead, Peter. No we, way. We, you got frozen in thought. Anyway, what I was saying was everyone understands the analogy of like, look at your building like a big CT scan or a big X-ray machine, right? Everyone knows the depreciation on that schedule. Therefore, I think that's I think that's all that we need to kind of know about is right. Take advantage of that depreciation quicker so that we can deploy it back into either growing or something else like craig said the, the time value of money yeah um, is there anything like so what's the process look like let's say someone reaches out and says hey mitchell can you check can you look at my building right i know there's kind of there's engineers that can come out but there's also one if it's before it's a lot of this can be done virtually as well right from a cost savings perspective yeah, so it, it really depends on the size of the building and and frankly the the cost of the building in terms of like what is the materiality of uh, how how much we need to get into this. Do you have blueprints? Did you just have an architect kind of draw everything out and, well, and engineer the whole uh, retrofit? Because all of these things can help us. But we will either, you know, work with your office manager or property manager to kind of tour the site on what's essentially a FaceTime call, or we will send an engineer out to the property with the clipboard kind of in the camera running through the, the entire process. And that that's just a matter of, first of all, kind of how remote the property is. And, and second of all, how, uh, you know, big the property is, mm -hmm. but you know, that that's definitely a time saving and cost saving measure that that we've kind of worked into our process. But yeah, the 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 process is you go to dentalcostseg.com, you fill out the form, you immediately get um kind of a, a proposal of or I would say, sorry, immediate in the next you know day two days you'll get a proposal that shows. Kind of an exact, you know, price. It will mm -hmm. we'll give you the price right up front, and then we'll give you a range of what your savings might be on on a conservative side or an aggressive side. But that gives you just like the immediate payback ratio of if I hand you a dollar, you know, you're going to turn around and save me ten or twenty or eight. It, it just lets you, as the investor and as the building owner, understand exactly what you're going to save throughout this process yeah, the cost of the study versus the desired outcome of what you would save right you're yeah saying, if i give you a dollar and give it back 20 how long do you want to do that exchange yeah yeah that's, <laughs> that's an easy that's an easy one so um yeah and the, the bigger buildings typically provide um higher payback ratios because the the cost doesn't like scale linearly so this isn't like we're going to take 30 percent of your savings like we're we're going to perform a study the study's going to cost what it's going to cost and the payback's going to be what the payback is and like dennis offices we talked about this a little bit before the the pod but like they're a treasure trove of this short life property just because mm -hmm. You, you have sinks everywhere. You have lines everywhere. I mean, gas lines, you yeah. know, yeah. yeah, med gas, med gas. Um, yeah. Like when you're talking about a house, really the, the idea of like, where does a plug need to be is how could you run a vacuum cleaner? So, you know, a 2,200 square foot, two story house probably needs eight plugs and probably has 60. Well, 
a dentist's office, it, you know, you have three more circuit breakers because you're running all of this, uh, crazy and vacuums and yeah. vacuums yep. and compressors yep. and everything. Yep. 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 And the so, lines for those things, the affiliate associated plumbing. That's yes. why the, that's why a real estate agent, the number one tenant they could ever have is a dentist. Because once you put that dental office and you absorb the cost, even if that dentist gets hit by a bus, there's another dentist that's going to want to move into a fully equipped dental office. And, and you've, that's a, you've built that thing out just completely to to do Kona. And it becomes a laboratory, right? Uh, or just it becomes this fully scaled out uh, property. Mitchell, I made the mistake of listening to this was back in when I first did my, my first call seg. And my CPA is like, oh, oh, yeah, I do that, too. I do yeah. those. I do those. And it came back and it was like, I was like, this is it? This doesn't even make sense. And it was yeah. very like anemic study. It wasn't, there was no real paperwork. It was just, I don't know. It seemed very, yeah, I do this too kind of thing, which I didn't have the chops to know if it was legit or not. Um, So obviously I have the context of that versus like, you know, thoroughness of your reports to understand the depth of where you can really form. you know you want to take someone who's what i'm going is this sure. the specialization is key with a niche service like this right it shouldn't be hey let's see what my accountant thinks like um, i do veneers also right it's not what i want to hear i can do those i can do extractions i walk out with the little the little shaved off nubs and right. uh, nothing else uh um yeah Cat. Cat. it's not a nub it's a prep Okay. Uh, uh, um, so then I can't be a dentist. It turns out I can't hang. Um, you but can hang. so it, yeah, the idea of uh, CPAs love working with dentists because it's a, an affluent market and it's specialized. So whenever, you know, you, you are doing the bulletproof practice and whenever coaches talk to CPAs, um, a dentist is almost an ideal client avatar where mm -hmm. if you can have a bunch of dentist practices, you're, you're killing it. And so, but the idea of specialization, I mean, all you guys do is teach specialization. And so when, when CPAs come to me and say, Hey, you've built this cost segregation business. I want to do that too. Um, what I turn around and tell them is like, great. The first thing you should do is hire, uh, 20 engineers because that's what i did and then it, you know i just fought them because it's fun but like it, yeah it's not a slapdash kind of bolt on your website now you do it kind of thing yeah 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 it, it's not it's no joke i mean we take it very very seriously and we've built our own proprietary tools and we have mm -hmm. trained engineers and we have an entire process and an entire system and so and doing yeah. this does not require said listener to meaning use you as a, meaning they can still keep their CPA. It's just you mm -hmm. give the documentation to the CPA to justify the deductions that are happening. So it's a team effort, not, oh, yeah. well, I can't use you because I'd be cheating yeah, on my deeper, CPA. Emma, yeah, it's totally separate. Totally, totally separate. separate. Usually. We love, yeah, we love CPAs because we want to we want to give your CPA such a good experience that they're incentivized to send us more work. More work, over time. So that that we love we want to be the best interfacing, um, you know, third party that your CPA could ever have so that they go, holy smokes, I don't have to deal with this and I don't have to do this. Because uh, yeah, CPAs have have a lot to do, and 
that's why sometimes you'll bring some cockamamie idea like a cost egg to them and they'll just go nope nope absolutely not well i know that it's amazing by the way it's amazing to me how much convincing we you know that was a that was yeah. a, a conversation we had as a sidebar of the mastermind the, the your cpa's job is to plug your numbers and your k1s and your expenses into a formula and spit out this is what you must pay there's yep. no incentivization for the cpa to save you money there's no pay for performance there's no like hey use everything available to the six thousand pages of tax incentives so there's as as we look at the CPA dentist relationship, they're not incentivized to to do this type of thing. So when you ask your CPA and like, oh, you're not a candidate, you bought the building already. That's not true. Like you've got to go to a trusted professional and then you hand the loss schedule to your CPA yeah. and mm -hmm. he just plugs it in. But the interface to get that done is often built with some friction. So um, I'm imploring you, do not just go to your CPA, go to Mitchell, go to, go to somebody that we actually trust and work with. And that's why Dental Cost Seg exists so that you can say, yes, you can do it. And then just send this to your CPA and make sure it's on your schedule. Yeah, there's not like a network of referral and specialization in the CPA practice as much as there is within like dentistry. You know, I had um, crooked teeth before I got Invisalign and um, I had like this recessed gum thing that they, I'm sorry, y'all. Well, no one's afraid of that, but then yeah, they sent me to like a gum dentist. My dentist was like, you need to go down the hall or you need to go three buildings over or whatever and book this appointment four years from now and go see a specialist. And she wasn't afraid that like that specialist was going to, take her job and start cleaning my teeth because that's not what they did and it's it's weird that cpa firms and the cpa work that doesn't quite work that way because you don't want to um ship out a client to another I, person and then work i think that's what it is i think it's just extra work to say yeah. you know there's a thing you could do called the cost seg and i don't do it but this guy doesn't like what does the cpa benefit from that yeah 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 so it's and, just like no that doesn't work for you we saw that with erc like you know yeah. with the retention credit not to go down that rabbit hole but like there was a lot of cpas like that won't work that won't work that or that's work. illegal or you can't do it or, and it's just like or it doesn't work for you it doesn't work because you're i mean there's just such a preponderance of limited information and unfortunately dennis here their cpa and i'm not going on a cpa knock here but they, they take yeah. i'm sorry <laughs> i we wouldn't let have. you do that you no know? i know i know but i do think that by default a lot of our dentist listeners think of their CPAs as business advisors. And it's really at the end of the day, like Randy said this weekend at the mastermind, you've got to do your own due diligence, just like yeah. in your healthcare and every other way, you've got to research and present these ideas to your professionals. I mean, when it comes to healthcare or whatever else, you've got to be your own advocate. I'm the layman who always just asks the doctors questions and the, I'm like an engineer by nature. So I ask all these questions and they just hate me for it, but it's like, th that's what you're there for. And right. Yes, or what would you know. do if you were me? Hey, yeah. CPA, if you had this building, what would you do? Oh, I definitely do. I, I, there's not a CPA out there that wouldn't do a cost seg, so, but, it, but it's it, revolutionary. So some of you know, the CPA objections will be, you're only going to have, you're going to, it's all going to have a uh, recapture. And that's a right. legitimate objection. I mean, if you go sell the building in two years, yeah, you're going to have some recapture. But th this is your office building. 
you you built it so that you could be there forever, right? Or at least be there a long time. And even if you do have recapture, you got to enjoy all the money and all the compounding and all the uh, time value of the money for as long as you did. And you got the savings the year that you bought the building. You get the recapture the year that you sell the building. So those are some considerations of that. The other uh, objection would just be, yeah, that you can't take the losses because they're passive. Well, this is your building, so you can take them. You know, there's a lot of kind of, there's this kind of lot. The other objective is, oh, it's really expensive. And look, we provide a free proposal. We'll just tell you what the cost benefit is right up front. So Uh, I think we wrap on this. This is is one of the biggest no-brainers in tax code. Especially yep. if you own your building, if you're a dentist who own your building, it's the biggest no-brainer. Reach out to Mitchell you, Dental. You know, let me ask say, you something. Have you ever? I'm so, I just talked all over you. Don't give me a bad review. He said dentalcostsec.com. One question for you, Peter, and I'm going to try to get this out right. Have you ever not done one on a building you no. own? No. Yeah, me neither. I've never, never. not done one. I've I don't always know if done I would buy the building. I don't know if I would be incented as much to buy the building and expand yeah, no. what I've done without doing this. Right. right. So That's this has been the carrot. This has been the carrot that said, no, go. actually the fuel, Peter, the fuel, because the fuel, it, the carrot, fuel, fuel in, yeah, well, carrot, well, whatever it's, it's without having to pay the taxes, you get to put in the money to the next project. So right. yeah, Dental between cost. this and 1031s, right. Rolling up into another property without, yeah. you know, and, and, yeah. and deferring the taxes. Yeah. Um, on the gain, the capital gain, or or using this to to accelerate the depreciation. You're right; has been the absolute fuel. So, you know, we, Mitchell, you obviously have gotten some exposure of us, but like Craig and I are, are proud of the fact that we we are out there teaching dentists how to yeah. kind of operate and say and and saving money and doing things efficiently and learning how to do, build your team. Like that's all the things that make quote unquote bulletproof. But but being bulletproof is is guarding guarding your funds as well. And this is a, a great way to, to help, uh, like Craig said, you know, earn and keep your money and, and front load your deduction so you can use it as fuel in your career. So we're right. current. I agree. Okay. Uh, like why, why own a building and not do this? And not do a this. great question. Right. <laughs> so it, it, <laughs> if you don't want to own a building, I get it. I mean, I think we just discovered why owning dental practices is particularly beneficial, but yeah, if you're going to own a building, Get a proposal. It's free. Yep. Dentalcostseg.com. It, it, it's easy. It's free. It'll take well, you five minutes. Mitchell, since you're now a a, a regular guest, we're going to wrap. But um, what do you what do you see yourself talking about about next with our with our audience? Yeah. What do you have? You know, the, you book, just- the bookkeeping aspect, Craig. I got to tell you, like we we talked about that a lot in our mastermind. It's just people's books are are kind of a mess. I know we've been working with you to kind of kind of help streamline that. So maybe maybe the you know. Maybe streamlining that. I think that's a pain point with a lot of dentists. Yeah, maybe maybe bulletproof books. I think that's the uh, uh, whip I that think, up, Mitchell. Whip that up for us. Oh, I'll whip it up for you. Uh, whip it up. Whip it up. No, if you can make that happen. I mean, because that's like the biggest thing. When we meet a new uh, bulletproof person and we just try to go through their books, I'm like, wait, what? How is this even structured? Like, we're not even speaking the same language. You need like a third party interpreter, like some hieroglyphics or something. But just getting data, right, that's in that you can interpret and actually take action from. Most of the PLs and 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 purports I get, you know, 
I can take action from them because I've had to dig in. Most people look at it and they're like, yeah, that's great. That's a great report. Push it to the side. Just means nothing. So to be able to kind of design them, like Craig is saying, design them where, where, where someone can take action. Let's do that. That would be amazing. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I think Dennis having real, uh, or like you sent me this thing early on when we were, uh, you know, getting to know one another about this bulletproof benchmarks, PNL statements and, um, yeah, understanding where your cost centers are and how much of your money you're getting to make. And, and the thing Craig always talks about the, the cost of your own time as the dental practitioner is, is ultra important in terms of, man, if, if you're making less money running your own practice than you would be just working for somebody else, maybe you need to work for somebody else, or maybe you need to fix your business. So that those are both yeah, options. That entrepreneurial yeah. profit, really seeing what the benefit of you owning your business, not just not paying yourself a doctor's salary and saying that yeah. I'm making all this money. Cause if you extract that 30% or 35, or whatever you want to call it, and see in uh, a spreadsheet of what you're actually retaining for entrepreneurial profit, it's always a sobering experience. That'd be cool if that could be built into this idea too, by the way. Let's go. Um, it, yeah, there's no point in being, uh, or like, look, back to this cost seg thing. I mean, this is a huge perk of owning your own business, but if mm -hmm. you're not going to take advantage of the perks of owning your own business, it, it, dentists are very, very employable and you can have a really, really good life working if you know, working shift work and doing good things and, and kind of humming and drumming, uh, you're always going to stay busy. But, uh, you know, when you take that step into owning your own business and grabbing the reins and taking control, I mean, it, you guys have both built awesome practices and awesome lives. And there, there's dentists in every town that do exactly what you're doing, but don't talk about it at all. Well, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. Um, Appreciate you coming on, spending time with us again. Um, uh, thank Craig, you. Anything else in yeah. Do you have anything else in closing, Craig? Or let's. No, let's just really. I'm just proud that I'm. Uh, I'm proud that um, we've got Mitchell here, and I'm really thankful that we developed the relationship with someone as smart and knowledgeable to you, and that you're paying it forward and bringing this stuff to dentistry because it's really this is going to land on people as revolutionary. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> there it will. Look, it will. We brought Kaseg to uh, to real estate syndicators that own, you know, $50 million of real estate before who didn't know what cost eggs were. So don't really? beat yourself up. If you're a, yeah. if you're a dentist who didn't know you're, you're just, and you got them to not pay job. taxes for the next 10 years kind of thing. Yeah, bingo. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, I got an idea for you. Wait, that's a good, that's a good customer right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, thanks guys. All right, man. Well, it was good to talk to you again. And, uh, and yeah, everybody will see you next time on the Bulletproof pod. Thanks everybody. Dentalcostseg.com.